Uh, Emily. Danny. This is our last time recording before my knee is chopped open. Did you know that? I did know that, actually. You did know that. It was pretty funny. We were trying to schedule um, a hangout, and I think we were talking about you like you were a complete invalid. Uh, you guys were. Everyone's like, hey, <laughs> should we do this? Oh, can we do this? But Danny, you're going to be hurting. I was like, guys, I'm not dead. I just have a hernia. <laughs> I, your response was a little, you were like, I can sit still. <laughs> Yeah. It was pretty good. Um, I did think it was funny that you guys were like, hey, Danny can't move. Let's talk about him. And then I was like, I can't move. And then Tyler's first response was, hey, let's go take the guy that can't drink to a winery, which I thought was funny. <laughs> I, well, he, did, he was like, is that rude to ask? And I was like, but I also feel like you are pretty much like, I don't want, you don't want people to not do what they want because you're there. And so I thought, you yeah. do it. I think nothing sounds better than being physically incapable of moving while watching people drink alcohol. I mean, and being on a gondola. <laughs> a gondola. He was like, "There's gondolas." I was yeah. like, "No, Danny can sit. Can he ride on a gondola?" <laughs> That's TBD. I've never done it. Uh, no, I am excited to hang. It's going to be good. And we haven't recorded in a while. Yeah, no one knows that. I know it's been just episodes keep coming out. Yeah, um, back to back to back, back to back to back. But we're trying to get ahead so we can take a little time off for the holidays yeah. and for my knee to heal. But that's not why we're here today, Emily, to talk about my knee. We're not. We're here to talk about, hear about it anymore. your thoughts on Jesus being a narcissist. Yes. <laughs> okay, so Jesus. We Christ. like him on this pod. Jesus Christ. Superstar. His last name. Um, <laughs> but I saw this. This was by the same guy who posted the thing about progressive Christianity. Hmm. So this guy is just fueling our content. Yeah, actually, and the episode that came out. Today. Today, yeah, that's funny. Um, but I real, I'm actually, I'm like eighty to ninety percent sure that he posted this. But here's what he posted: it's this cute little, um, like animated picture of white Jesus. Maybe we can put it on the screen. Um, <laughs> and it says signs of narcissism in Jesus. Jesus is going like this. He's like, this is me. <laughs> yeah, if there's no picture, at least we're doing it. Right? I know. <laughs> um, okay, grandiose fantasies. Right. Never admitting fault, need for admiration, controlling people, sense of entitlement, attention seeking, exploitative behavior, self centering, lack of boundaries. Yeah. So I just like we have we keep a little note of things to talk about, and I just kind of threw this on there, and you text me like I want to talk about it. Yeah. So when you saw this, like, what were your thoughts? I couldn't disagree more. That's what I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's all hilariously off base. But I thought it was interesting to talk about. Yeah. And also, I don't, I'm not like fully backing this out. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was fascinating. Well, what I think would be interesting, because I don't think that, um, I don't think Jesus was a narcissist. And all these things I think are funny characteristics, but uh, they would be. Anyone that would say that this is who Jesus is, I think, has a very humanistic view of Jesus. Like, they're only looking at Jesus as a human. But I think every single one of these things couldn't be true if Jesus is 100% God. So, I was actually going to say the same thing, which is, can we refute this if Jesus isn't God? If Jesus is just a cool guy that said some cool things? Yeah, I got to look at it. as So, if Jesus is just a cool guy, I think that he does have some grandiose fantasies uh i think i don't know that he never doesn't admit fault i can't think of a story where he's like just skirting responsibility for things that's true that's true he um, just doesn't do it but that wrong. doesn't necessarily mean 
that I just can't think of a story. Yeah. That's like that. Um, I also don't know that he like needs admiration, but he does like galvanize people around. Like he creates crowds. And, and I mean, like the only way to the only way to the father is through me. Like that's kind yeah, of a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. <laughs> it's know. a lot, Jesus. Um. So all of these things I think are interesting if Jesus is just a human. But the reason I wanted to talk about it was one to see what your thoughts were on this. Yeah. But I think it leads into a conversation whether we talk about the narcissistic qualities of Jesus as the human or not. Like what when you think about Jesus? Yeah. Because I just preached about this. A little bit, and that wasn't the main point of my sermon, but I talked about this idea that Jesus, it's a paradox. He's 100% God and 100% man. The hypostatic union. And there's, because of that, it makes, like, there's no great box to put him in. Mm, okay. Um, because, like, the sermon I just preached about is, like, he gets our pain and he's been the places we've been, talking about a need for control, praying in the garden. Like, if there's a way this cup could pass, let it pass. Like, I think that's him putting on humanity and his human side wanted to control his divine side is like i'm gonna go this way because this is the direction of the plan um but if he's just a human then maybe some of these things are more prevalent you know right so you're asking what i think about jesus yeah i guess so why was this interesting other than just being provocative yeah what do you think about the divinity and humanity of jesus as those intersect like i said 100 percent, 100 percent aren't that's not good math like we could reconcile as humans like 70 30 60 40 80 right. 20 so what do you think about god in that regard and then how does that because if this all these narcissistic qualities of jesus were in fact his qualities he's not a very compelling dude to yeah. build your life and faith around and follow um which again i don't think he's the, any of those things but yeah, where do you fall? Like, what do you think about him, this, that, all of that? I think, I mean, I think it's super interesting because I think the question of if Jesus is a narcissist really is, is Jesus God? Mm -hmm. Which is, like, really interesting. I think where I am today, this could change. I feel like I say that all the time. <laughs> what I feel right now about Jesus is I think Jesus is divine, is God, and human. But I guess I see it a little more in a sense of, like, Jesus pointing out the divinity in us all. Versus, like, Jesus is, like, just like God the Father, if we're being honest. Yeah, say more about that. Um, Like, I think that Jesus is God, but I think that we are all God. <laughs> I think I sound so stupid. But in a sense that... I don't have a lot of confidence on this, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to say this, and I don't know if I can really back it up. Yeah. But I think, like... Okay, so I went to um, a Kabbalah Jewish service the other day, which is kind of like Jewish mysticism. It yeah. was a while ago, a few weeks ago. But I remember they said, like, God is a hero, Israel, God is one. And what the member of the rabbi is saying is, like, God is one in a sense of, like, everything is God. Yeah. Like, God is, like, so much bigger. We are part of God. Like, we are part of divinity, of spirit, whatever that is. And so I guess, and I was kind of vibing with that. And so I guess when I think of, like, Jesus being God, He's proclaiming the divinity of all of us. Okay. So I, what, what about. Are you taking it back that I said that? Uh, not necessarily. I, because I generally know the conversations you had with the person that led to this because I've had them over Facebook Messenger <laughs> as well. But um, 
So here's what I would ask. Why would you find, and this is like truly curious. This isn't me being like, I think you know me well enough to know that I'm not like baiting you up to be like, gotcha. Uh, right. But so why would you find that compelling? Because when I had this conversation, I was like, if I am God or I'm divine, I'm like, that's just not, it's not a shame thing for me to be like, I'm not this good, but I find that not to be compelling, which I can get to my side of that in a second. But what do you find compelling about like, this is the revelation of divinity in me. And therefore Jesus, it, like anyone could have been Jesus. He's just the one who wrote the book around that revealed this to us. I guess I see Jesus as like, um, someone who is very like, I don't even know what I think. The more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, do I even think this? Sure. It's just kind of what I've been thinking. But like, I see Jesus as someone who is like super enlightened and super like, guys, I got this. And so to yeah. me, when I see Jesus saying, no one gets to the father except through me, I hear Jesus saying like, guys, I like, I figured out the path. Yeah. Him being like, I've, I've done what you guys are aspiring to do. Like I've tapped into this thing. Yeah, and I've read, like, fiction about Jesus. <laughs> um, you mean the Bible? No, just <laughs> Right. Oh, good roast on the Bible, man. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't think the Bible is fiction. <laughs> um, but, um, there's a book called The Book of Longings, and it basically takes place from, like, the wife of Jesus' perspective. It's kind of mid. And it's like, uh, do I think this? No. But it was, but the way she talked about Jesus in the book was, like, he's, like, very connected to God, and he, like, gets it, and he wants to share that with other people. Mm. I guess I just am like, I'm just pretty not vibing. <laughs> I feel like such a loser right now. What? I feel like I sound like an idiot, but I have oh. no back to back into their claims. No, I don't think that. But like, I just am not, the idea of like Jesus being God's son and dying for us is just like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> I feel so dumb. When you... Read or watch things like the Da Vinci Code. Are you like this? Is, no, no, that makes my joke. In my joke there, then. Um, so, so here, I know you feel. I as made if, you speechless. Speechless. Um, I know you're like I feel stupid. Don't feel stupid. For okay. Me, because you don't have like whatever. But I want to talk more about that. So, like, okay. what about that of Jesus being God's son? In that is not like because you said. It's just the whole atonement stuff. Like it's yeah. just like this, like like the the sacrifice, and then God is pleased with it. Like it's like that is what's so off putting to me about so many like worship songs. Is it's just like your blood is why. Like I'm saying, like it's just like oh my god. It's just like it breeds shame, and I'm just like over it. Mm. All right, let's keep going down this path. I what, this is my worst nightmare. What shame. <laughs> What about it breeds shame? And I'm not saying this because I don't, I think I know where you're going to go, but I'm just, we're talking this No, up. yeah, I don't, I mean, the thing is, is honestly, Oh my God, I did I just really become know. an apologist? <laughs> this is one of those change my mind tables. Um, <laughs> you try to get a lot in before knee surgery. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time to save you, you know? No, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> knee surgery, very high risk. This might be our last conversation. Oh God, so, thought sorry, about that before. Funny. No, it's pretty funny. Um, I think you're gonna make it. It's got like a ninety nine percent success rate. Hey, you never know. You could yeah. be that one percent. Okay, so, okay. So knock on 
You can tell we haven't podcast together in a while. <laughs> and it's also like midday. We don't podcast a lot midday. No, we're usually more tired. We're tired. We're highly just... caffeinated and energized coming into this. <laughs> and we're drinking more caffeine. Okay, so I hope people find this enjoyable. Um, I just... I don't know. Just the idea of like substitution and like being in my place so that God like could love me. Like it just feels... It feels archaic. And in the sense, it just like, just whenever I hear people be like, you know, like Jesus died for my sins or whatever, I'm just like, oh my God, I'm like sick of it. I don't have a good, I don't have like good reasoning for it. Yeah. But I'm like, I vibe with Jesus. I vibe with God, but I'm just like, I don't need the whole salvation narrative. Yeah, And so I think to me, actually, we're hitting a pressure point that's important. I think somewhere to me, I have, if Jesus is God, then the atonement, then like substitutionary atonement also has to be true. Yeah, which is not the only atonement theory. You're right. I'm with you. Yeah, And I think, but I think as I'm talking, I'm realizing that that's where the pressure point is for me is I think, I feel like if I reject one, I have to reject both. Right. And for anyone that like doesn't know anything yeah. about atonement and substitutionary is substitutionary atonement like the PCA way? Like yes. is that the Yeah theory? For sure. So describe it to someone that maybe and from you don't have to like give like a super great right. like textbook answer, but your understanding of it, what would you describe it as? As someone has to die, like the, the punishment of sin is death. Yeah, and that there is a punishment and it has to be fulfilled. It has to be fulfilled for God's justice and wrath to be appeased. Right. And so instead of me dying in like taking or in experiencing eternal torment, Jesus became the perfect substitute. So not only do I receive his death, not only does he receive the punishment I do, but also I receive his life. Right. That record. So I... Now, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus's record. Mm-hmm. So God sees me to be perfect and without sin, and therefore I can enter into heaven. Mm-hmm. That to me is substitutionary atonement. Yeah. And then for someone who is listening, it's like, that sounds actually super dope. I'm well, happy for you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about it do you not find? Like, what about it? Because someone might be like, that sounds like the most compelling thing. Like, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Like, what about that for you? Because I think, and you probably were like this yeah. at some point, like, as that's packaged, it actually does sound really compelling because it's like the weight is off in some ways. But yes. for you, you hear it in a shame lens. So what about that perpetuates for you? Is it like, I can't be good enough without someone doing it for me? Like, that I inherently have? Like, what about it creates the tension that isn't just like, oh, this is good news? Or It's the hiddenness. Because it's like, I think it's in, I think Paul says, like, my life has been hidden in Christ. And he's now, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me or whatever. He says something like that. But the idea of just, like, the hiddenness or the, like, uh, Emily yeah. is completely... Now, now I feel like I sound I sound like a narcissist. Like I'm just like it has to be about me. I feel like that's kind of when, how I'm sounding, but it's like it feels like you have to be fully covered in order to belong, and then it's like, but that's not belonging. Yeah. And 
all we're and if that's the narrative, all we're focusing on is how I needed to be covered. Like that is the thing that it's just like it feels like it just is over and over like in songs. It's just like you know, like you had to cover up my sin or like you had because to I don't know. I think part of me when I hear cover up my sin, I kind of hear cover up me. Yeah. And that's kind of my own stuff to deal with that I often tend to think like cancer isn't part of me i'm the cancer that like right. whole that's a yeah cover. even as i hear you say cover up like because someone might hear that to be like a race but i hear you say it and you're like it's still there i'm still this but it's like a blanket's over it so i can't see it it's like concealed but still there like it'd be like if you were like emily i would love to like have you in church but you have to like wear a blanket over your head because no one wants to see that <laughs> that would hurt my feelings i know you haven't been to the law in a while but we actually just mandated that policy <laughs> Uh, that'll be a really funny reference for an episode that will come out in december yeah (laughs) Uh, so i'm just i'm so i'm vibing i'm vibing with you um and i do kind of hear what you're saying but i i want to say one more thing i'm sorry to interrupt you wow you are a narcissist i literally just (laughs) the title of the show signs of narcissism in emily um (laughs) but like Crap, I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't even need to interrupt you. Oh, what I wanted to say is I feel like when I've had conversations with, like, friends and people recently, I've been, like, I honestly am not, I'm just not 100% sure where I'm at. Uh I feel like I'm not in, like, that dark place that I was that was, like, you know, like, F this, like, I hate everything, I Mm. hate God, like, I'm, I'm an atheist. That's not where I'm at, but I think I'm just in much more of, like, I'm on board with spirituality in a lot of ways. Like I'm on board with God. I'm on board with Jesus, but like, I don't know exactly what I think about all these things. Yeah. And I'm, and I feel like I've had conversations recently with people being like, maybe you just need to like, be okay with that. Yeah. With not, and I'm not trying to cop out, but I'm just trying to give context of like, those are the conversations that I've been having recently. So that's kind of why I feel like I don't have fully fleshed out thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'm just, I, I am vibing with this. I'm interested in it. I think it's an interesting, like, this is feels very vulnerable to me. Yeah. And I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, I think that, sure. um, uh, Dustin and I were actually talking after one of the last recordings we did by ourselves is I think in some ways we've departed into like a much more, not academic, but kind of like theoretical headspace. And I yeah. appreciate like just having like i do this podcast mostly because i enjoy spending time with you two and i know that other people benefit from hearing the conversation so i think just to say like the vulnerability of it i think is what they're smarter people than you and us out here talking about these things yeah and i think the story and the vulnerability is what i find to be the most valuable both in our friendship but i think in what we create as content so i appreciate you Mm -hmm. because it's not the easiest thing to do also when um when seven thousand people listen to this a week um which is not how many people right. listen to this but when people listen like every, like you're like oh there's hundreds of people now that know my story and that's like a weird and there's a hundred hate listeners that know your story right and so right. it's like that makes it you're in a weirder place than i am yeah and i um, feel like it kind of did get more academic at a similar point to when that was kind of a revelation that happened that we learned about some of our hate listeners yeah i wouldn't have made that connection but i think that's probably right um okay but let's keep going 
So I, so I'm interested in this. And so I'll say I had, and I'm assuming the person that you've had some of these conversations, but I was saying we were having a Facebook conversation um, about some of this. And I was thinking about like why I had so much tension because I have almost the same amount of tension you have towards this ideology as you have towards okay, yeah. atonement. No, I'm fascinated by that. Um, and part of it was, and I'm, I was trying to like pull up some of the messages so, and I couldn't find them. So I'm going to, botch this a little bit but essentially i was kind of told like you know if i just like become one with my mind i will transcend and see the godliness in myself and like that i and i just like i don't think it's like shameful to see myself as a smaller part of a larger story but like i have a really hard time grasping on the idea that i am divine like, I think I'm created in God's image. Mm. And when I hear you say divine, I maybe this is what I mean, but like, I am God is what I hear. And kind of what I heard in the message that in my back and forth is like, I'm essentially God. And I just have to open my mind's eye to see that I'm God and pull myself out from the distractions of this world that are preventing me from seeing my divinity and okay. godliness. And I like, I don't think it's my shame that makes me feel like that. Because even this Sunday, like I preached about the idea that like surrender mm. is at the core of our faith mm. and surrendering to Christ. And like I find freedom in surrender, which sounds so counterintuitive. Um but I know some people and maybe you're like you're like to surrender would be to cover myself up. Like or to surrender would be to give away autonomy. Or and I'd let you speak for yourself, so I'm not saying you would say that. But like to surrender would be to give up me. And in some ways, like when I think of surrender, like I'm giving up the parts of me that are not the ones that are created in the image of God so that the real parts of me that was how I was created can shine. Like I think about like my narcissism and my addictive personalities and my um, like anger and my desire for like pride and judgment that is like my desire for judgment and justice that isn't god's yeah. and like part of me is being like i'm surrendering this because i think god's versions of these things are all perfect and mine are flawed and narcissistic mm. you know okay. like mine are from my vantage point only um and so a great example like so i'll say like and i'll be equally vulnerable so one of the reasons i stopped drinking was because i saw that i wasn't doing it in a way that was it was only for my benefit which was to get myself to places that I wouldn't go at. Like maybe like social situations, I feel anxiety. So it was like mm. to get me over the edge or I'm like not mm. feeling really great. I'm depressed. Forget about this thing. Right. Like it was something that was at the core, a narcissistic thing mm. for me to cover up or to get me somewhere. I didn't feel like I could go along. So I released that to say like, I think that God can help me get those places rather than like, driving my shit myself and i feel healthier now in that regard yeah and not to say like that everyone has to do those things or i did it right or whatever but i think for me that was an example of like surrendering something that i thought i had complete control over and saying like maybe i didn't yeah you know um but i know surrender feels like covering maybe i think well what i'm what is interesting also, by the way, this friend they were talking about, he literally said to me the other day, he was like, I love when you talk about conversations that I have with either one of you on the pod. So I didn't think he actually listened. I thought he only saw like TikToks of our stuff. So that makes me happy. I think he sees TikToks and then he's like, I got to listen to this. <laughs> but I was like, I hope it's okay the way he brought you up. And he was like, I love it. Anything I say is fair game. So 
Um, but what I hear actually in both you and him is this idea of surrendering. Yeah. And it like is this like but surrendering to something else. For him, it's surrendering to himself into oneness into spirit or something like that and for you it's like surrendering to god who has like more like rightness than maybe you do on your own yeah i before i don't think you can surrender to yourself that's i i don't i don't think he's wanting i don't think this guy is surrendering to himself oh you just said that i was just repeating you're right (laughs) (laughs) you caught me (laughs) you're right (laughs) No, I mean, like, surrendering to the oneness or to spirit. Yeah, okay. And this is actually fascinating because, like, me and this friend are, like, not really on the same page. I probably kind of sound like it to you right now, but we... You're like the Coke Zero to his full <laughs> diesel Coke. <laughs> I love it. But uh, <laughs> we had a conversation the other day, and I was, like, and actually also with this guy's husband who was, like, I'm kind of sick of hearing about this all the time and he was like that also checks out. <laughs> he was like this um what did he say is our friend our friend was like sometimes i just like wish i could just like leave this world and i try to like leave it in my mind and get to spirit get to this oneness get to this broader divinity to enlightenment whatever you want to call it like i just try to leave and stay there and I was like, but that is just isn't real life. Like you can't, like you can't do that. You said that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that sounds nice. And his husband said the same thing. He was like, well, there's like bills to pay. Like you can't just like yeah, hang out in La La Land, for a lack of a better way to say it. Yeah. And so I think, and I don't really want to just like, because to me, both of those are you disappearing. Either disappearing into the oneness or disappearing into the covering of Christ. And so, like, where is the middle ground of, like, one, to be super real, I feel like I'm just trying to, like, get through real life right now. And I'm like, I don't have the time to, like, go into the spiritual oneness or whatever. Like, I'm trying to pay my bill. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of where usually him and I kind of get out. Like, I'm just like, this is not practical. Yeah. Yeah, I think the spiritual oneness idea, I think, is a disappearing and an abdication of life now, assuming that we yes. can, re- like, we can, and that's kind of what I think Nirvana and a really, like, really gross overgeneralization of it feels like to me. Uh-huh. This idea is, like, we're escaping real life again. And you're comparing that to, like, the covering of Christ over us, where I think, like, the idea would be, like, the covering of Christ over us allows us to live more fully in here and now and also the not yet where like this feels like I'm escaping now because I don't have like I'm overwhelmed with now and it's like one is a little bit of escapism to something later or different and the other is like how can this impact here and now but it's one of the things that I find really fundamental as Christians do is they live as if the covering of Christ is a later on thing. And then they do the exact same thing. Like they escape Mm. here and now. And Mm. I think like at our best, what Jesus should provide us is something that radically transforms us here and now today, the way we love our neighbor, the way we arrange our lives, the way our priorities are, but also believing in like something supremely divine and eternal after this. And I think that's where, regardless of someone's spiritual or religious convictions, it's like, if it doesn't impact here and now and the afterlife, then I think it's an incomplete view of spirituality. 
And I think that from is, my vantage. Yeah, no, and I think that is where. Like, let's take atonement aside. The idea of a God that has suffered with us, to me, does that. Like, yeah. to me, if we're like, if we're talking about Jesus being God in the flesh, being fully God and fully man, so he fully understands life on this earth and like understands the bullshit, like that is super compelling. And that does affect how we live here and now because God is with you. Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's freaking Advent, right? Like God... Mm-hmm. has come to live that's what we celebrate like god has come to live with us and god has come to be with us and to understand us i saw this tweet years ago that said i i have no interest in a god that doesn't suffer with us mm-hmm. and so i think like when i think about that i'm like yeah the idea of the divinity divinity of christ in a, with the triune god like that feels very maybe more like traditional christianity like that to me is so compelling yeah yeah, it is interesting. Like the what's compelling about the gospel story and the, the whole Bible is God is with us. Like, yeah. like the Old Testament is a story of people that God was near, but they didn't feel like God was near. And God's like, How can I like prove this to you and like be with you in the most realistic, tangible, and compelling way? So we see Jesus, right? And I just don't think and this is the Danny doesn't think thing. There's not a great way for theology. I think early Christians were never like, let's unpack our theology of the atonement. They're like, Christ suffered with us. Yeah. He was yeah. here with us. He lived with us. And he is God. And so now God knows me. God has been here. And like things are set right. And I don't need a theory to figure that out. Like God was 100% here with me, but also knows my life. Um, and like that's compelling to me. But then we shift to where we are now like i per and this is like my sin in some ways i think we over theologize everything yeah and we turn it into an academic theory and then we miss the heart of the issue mm. and i said this on like episode one two or three somewhere there i said i think too much theology is a tool of the devil and i actually still kind of believe yeah. that, that like we work ourselves in circles and we miss the point by making the means the end in mm. some ways i mean yeah i mean i think I think I'm with you. I just I just started rereading The Universal Christ by Richard Rohr. <laughs> right. Um love that guy. I like listened to it on audiobook. <gasps> a few Don't you remember years. when your friend compared me to Richard Rohr? The greatest yes. compliment I've ever had. <laughs> and he said, It's just boring old heresy. <laughs> um <laughs> but Yeah, he didn't mean it in the way. Annie Leiter and Richard Rohr are out to get you. And yeah. I was like, and and I was like, was he, like he meant to be me, and I was like, this is the sweetest <laughs> thing anyone's ever will you hang out with me tomorrow and just keep telling me these things? <laughs> But like I listened to it, but kind of that it's a little too heady for an audiobook, so I feel like I didn't really get it. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm rereading it like on via like text, you know. Um, and I like just started it, but I feel like even just rereading it and rethinking it, like that idea of like, I feel like Richard Rohr's The Universal Christ kind of marries both of these ideas. Yeah. In a sense of like Christ, the Christ, the like spirit of the Christ that like suffers but also overcomes is in all of us yeah but there's also a person slash god who has experiences who like it's a the christ is a universal experience that brings us as humanity together and should lead us toward inclusion and toward understanding but there also is a god who is powerful who like understands has experienced that and like loves us and guides us yeah, it's one of the things I love about Richard Rohr and his works and his right. He's like part of the most stuffy 
tradition mm-hmm. like it's like catholics are not known for being super innovative and progressive and all their theological frameworks not like politically progressive but like the way they think it's kind of like this is how we've always done it yeah. what i like is like he takes christian tradition and then he like marries it to maybe closer to what our friend thinks like you said yeah but finds the intersection of those and i think part of what theology at its best can do for us is giving us the lens to see god the clearest mm. and that's where like i pushed back i gave you a little bit of crap on yeah. it but like part on the other side of us being nicer is like i think all of this is a lens for us to understand god better in our experience mm. and i think that's where all of these conversations so someone maybe having this conversation like having the conversation is important yeah. and what we set out to model early on was like have these conversations with someone you trust and just have the conversation and i think that's where sometimes we diverge is we don't have conversations with people and if we do we don't trust them and even in our conversation i've watched you like we've been doing this now this is like 78 or something like that right and i watched you early on in this conversation revert back to like can i trust danny in this conversation Mm -hmm. and then open back up yeah and i know you trust me but like vulnerability and being honest is always a challenge of can I trust the people I know I can trust and can I believe them to be charitable and kind? And, and I, we're not sitting at a in a coffee shop with nobody else. Yeah, no, no, we're care. with you guys. Um, so I, I just think it's an interesting <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, I trust you, guys. Um, but uh, my mom listens to the pod. She's fine. Thanks. Mom, I love you. That was a mean thing to say. You're more than fine. Um, I mean, you fine, girl. <laughs> this is getting weird. It's getting weird. Uh, <laughs> maybe you should never record in the day again. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I feel like I'm in a better mood than I usually am when we record, but. In the me- l- nicest way possible, I would like to second that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a long, it's a long day. It's a long day. I actually am always amazed with the energy you come in with after teaching for a full day. <laughs> I'm like, I would not be healthy again. Um, okay. Is there anything you want to end with in far as far as this? I think we've gone for pretty long, so mm-hmm. I think we'll forego email corner. Yeah. Um, but I would like to still do some recommendations. Okay. Um, but do you have anything you want to close with this topic? Um, I feel like we didn't really resolve it at all. I think that's fine. Okay, you're right. But I think, <laughs> and we didn't even. I think what we. we I think Jesus isn't even... a narcissist. I think that. I close that book. Early. I think if he's just a guy, I could see why someone would argue that, though. Right. But he, he is not just a guy. And if he is just a guy. Are you indoctrinating me right now? Well, I'm telling you that if Jesus is a narcissist because he's just a guy, but he reached nirvana and figured out God, then you are just a narcissist doing <laughs> the same thing with all the same potential that he has. Yeah. And so if that is us at our best and narcissism is us at our best, <laughs> then he paints a pretty shitty picture of what us at our best can be. Yeah. Just saying. I think, that, I, think that, I think you wrapped it up. <laughs> um, so I watched Halloween Town with okay. my children, and that movie sucks shit. Uh, <gasps> I loved it. It was a great trip down memory lane. So it's my recommendation. Okay. But it was like watching it. It's brutal acting and storyline. So I forgot like Disney Channel original movies, which are my jam. Yeah. Uh, it's like my childhood in a nutshell. I get the more I rewatch them with my kids, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
a lot of the dialogue and script writing is to verbally have the actors explain what's happening because they haven't done any of the work storytelling wise yeah, I to love tell that. you. So I just, there were times where this old witch lady is explaining to this person that if it was in real life, like you would never say something to this person. Like yeah. And it, was just, it was funny to watch. And we were sitting on the couch and Annie said something to like, this movie sucks. And Knox looks over and he's like, wait, you don't like this movie because he was so into it. And it was just funny being like uh watching him like he's watching a movie that's like the greatest movie he's ever seen. And Annie's like, This movie, I have to suspend too much disbelief to watch this movie. Yeah. Um also we were watching Inside Out and I was crying, mm-hmm. uh just like bawling. Damn. And Knox is sitting next to me <laughs> and he's like because he, when I I can be accused of watching movie and I'll just like fake crap like Ooh. like I'll just make noises. Oh yeah. And so I'm sitting there, and he looks over, and he just sees tears on my face. He's like, he's like, bro, are you really crying right now? <laughs> and he, like, hits my, his, my daughter, no. going, Joe, this guy's crying over here. Like, I've never been roasted so hard by my kids. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Dang. Um, so, what's your recommendation? Um, I just finished an audiobook that I really loved mm. called Yellow Face. Mm. Um, that's basically about, like, this white author is friends with an Asian author and then the Asian author dies and she like steals her manuscript and publishes it as her own. This is fiction. It's fiction. But it's like, it's maybe that doesn't sound interesting, but I think it's like, it's definitely a commentary on like who has the right to tell different stories and also just about like competition and diversity. Like it's very, it's it's very like sharp and witty and very entertaining but also i just think like it does a little bit of what the episode that came out the day today that we're recording it kind of takes on the woke mob a little bit and challenges it but also it's still on that side yeah and i just think i really i was reading reviews on goodreads and everyone was like you shouldn't have written this book and then someone just commented all of these reviews show that you didn't get what the author was trying to say. Yeah. And I thought it was just really interesting. And I just, I mean, if nothing else, I just found it wildly entertaining. Like, mm. I finished it in a day. Oh, dang. Um, I just had a Saturday where I didn't really have anything to do, which was, I never have that. So I was just, like, cleaning and doing errands and just had it on in the background. And it was awesome. So I recommend it. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is a fun one. Welcome this back was. to the the podcast i know (laughs) um well everybody thank you for listening and embrace the journey